All right, good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for yet another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Today is April 6, 2023, and week 218. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say, welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in weekend and week out trying to hear what thus says the Lord. And I would also like to preface this message with um, saying this is also a pre-recorded live stream, just like last week when we were in the hospital. So uh, baby should be here right now. Um, his name is Micah. So he should be here and I'm um, with my wife in the recovery process. So um, I do thank, we do thank you guys for all of the prayers and and I seriously appreciate it. So as you can see from the title, it's question and it says, does it really matter? God can tell us to do a lot of things or tell us to not do a lot of things. And we can have that mentality of, well, does it really matter? Is it such a big deal? So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. As always, we pray that you guys get something out of it. Thank you, Melvin. Let us go into a word of prayer as we always do. Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing us. Lord, we thank you for just another day's journey. Lord, we thank you for our life, health, and strength. Lord, we thank you for the life uh, that you, uh, at this point, have allowed to enter into the world, Lord. We thank you for uh, just people being born, uh, not only uh, Michael, not only Melvin's son, but Lord, all of your people who you are allowing to be born into the world. Lord, we're thankful, we're grateful, Lord, because we understand that all of us make up the body of Christ. So Lord, let us, help us to be thankful for one another. Uh, help us to be grateful, help us to be appreciative of all the value that uh, each person brings into this thing. Lord, help us not to take any uh, the things that you bless us with, the things that you give us for granted, Lord. We know sometimes uh, there are things that we might have prayed for, Lord, but over time, uh, those things seem to get old to us. They don't They don't seem to be uh, quite the same any longer, Lord, but continually help us, continually remind us that no matter what happens to us in this life, that there is a reason to have joy in the midst of every storm. And so, Lord, we're praying for the Bible study tonight, Lord, that your word would go forth. Uh, Lord, that you would send us a word from heaven, Lord, that you would help us, uh, that you would encourage us, that you would give us something that would keep us running in this race uh, with patience, uh, with joy, help this thing uh, to be joyous to us. And so, Lord, we're praying all these blessings in your magnificent name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So uh, we're going to get into it tonight, uh, as Melvin said, hopefully. Uh, congratulations to you guys yet again. I'm sure by this point, I probably would have already said it, but yet again, congratulations to you guys. Thank you. Uh, may, may God continue to strengthen. May God continue to bless. Um, bless. Uh, I, I want to look at some things tonight because... Um, We've heard things like this before. People oftentimes wonder, um, does that really even matter? You know, is that certain thing a big deal? There are certain topics, um, 
and, and certain things we feel are important. Certain things we feel are life and death. Uh, even as if you look at the laws, uh, if you commit certain crimes, um, and I can't even be honest with you, I can't even remember uh, the levels of crimes. I, I, the word misdemeanor pops into my mind. Uh, a felony pops into my mind. And I know a felony is uh, pretty severe, uh, but I can't remember all of the uh, rankings of different crimes. Uh, but we do understand that for certain crimes, uh, they are considered very small. They are, con- they are considered very minor. Um, if you commit these crimes, you might have to pay a, a fine. Uh, you get a speeding ticket, of which I have before. Uh, it's a pretty small crime. Now, you're going to pay a hefty price. But as far as uh, you having to be sentenced to jail for life, to prison for life, uh, you don't have to be sentenced to life. Uh, for one speeding ticket, uh, but they will give you a fine. You will have to pay some money. Um, but that that goes to show crimes rank uh, in a certain uh, fashion. And so when we look at certain crimes, uh, if we receive a speeding ticket, we say, well, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't matter all that much. You know, if you receive a speed, uh, a ticket for not having a seatbelt on, that one may rank even uh, lower than the speeding ticket. So you say, well, it wasn't that important. You know, uh, I'll just pay my fine. I'll pay the $50 or whatever it is, $100, whatever it is. You say, I'll just pay it and move on. And somebody said, I'm still not going to wear a seatbelt even after all that. <laughs> But you guys get the point. The point is that there are certain things in life that we deem more important, uh, more severe, more serious. Uh, we have a headache. Uh, we, we will not look at that as super severe. Somebody uh, turned uh, the word migraine to show the severity of the headache that it is worse than what we would call a headache. Same thing now. Same thing. Your head is still hurting. It's the exact same category. But we consider, when people say the word migraine, they're talking about, man, this is a mean headache. It's serious. This is a severe headache. Uh, So we call it a migraine. And so you understand that uh, it can be the same uh, criteria, the same classification, the same uh, style of thing, uh, but a more severe case calls for a different term. And so I wanted to look at tonight how God has laws. And we try to bring uh, our worldly wisdom. I talked to someone about that recently. We, we try to bring our worldly understanding to God's laws. The the thing about it is God's laws are not graded the way our laws are graded. For uh, sins, all unrighteousness is seen according to the word. But for sin, the Bible tells us what we deserve and what we will be repaid. 
if we don't have those sin forgiven, is death. But to our laws, death only happens due to certain circumstances. If somebody has killed a certain amount of people or if somebody has been convicted of maybe first degree murder or man, there, there are certain things that our laws say, hey, a person can receive the death penalty for this. But according to God's law, but he has a different standard. He's coming out of a different playbook, a different rule book. To him, the wages of all sin is death. I know we look at certain sins. Uh, some uh, I've heard people talk about uh, different color lies. Uh, they, <laughs> you know, people come up with some stuff, man. They call certain lies white lies. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard me say that if you've been listening to this program for any length of time, we've talked about the white lies before, but people consider small lies in our eyes. Uh, if they lie about what they ate today, they might consider that a white lie. Uh, if they lie to their friend and their friends say, oh, what are you what are you up to right now? Um, and they're they're about to head out. Uh, and do whatever, something they didn't want their friend to know. They say, oh, I'm, I'm not up to much. I'm about to go to sleep. They, people would consider this a white lie because we feel, well, it's not causing much harm. It's not causing any damage. But now if we uh, start to discuss some really big things in our eyes, I don't know what we consider that lie. I, I haven't heard a color for that one yet. Uh, but maybe if I continue living, they'll tell me what color that line is. Uh, but the point is, people, as people, uh, we consider certain things to be more severe than others, uh, and rightfully so in many cases. However, as it pertains to sin, God holds all sin to be the same. He holds all sin to be punishable by death. Every last one, the, the lie, the white lie, the blue lie, the red lie, the yellow lie, whatever color the lie is, the black lie, the purple lie. And I better stop naming colors because I'm sure I'm going to run out of colors to tell you. But every single lie is worthy of death. And we are not talking about physical death to God. Now that's included. That is included. But we're talking about spiritual death. We're talking about eternal damnation. We're talking about the lake of fire. We're talking about hell. We're talking about everlasting torment. That's what God considers the white lie and every other lie. That's what God considers stealing. We're deserving of eternal damnation. We're deserving of separation from God because it is unrighteous in the eyes of God. He declares we deserve hell. We deserve the lake of fire. We deserve to be burning for all of eternity. If now there's a stipulation on that, if we don't get ourselves together, if we don't repent. Now, there, that, that's the good news here. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But thank God for Jesus Christ who came and died for our sins. But somebody is not going to take the offer. 
Somebody's not going to change their life. And if we don't, he says, you know what? We're deserving of hellfire. But that goes for not only stealing, not only lying, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, all the sins that God told us not to do, murder. I mean, the the list goes on and on and on. There's so many things that God told us about. But those are the, uh, I don't even know how many I just said, but those are the big ones that we as people typically mention. We'll talk about the Ten Commandments. Those are the big ones that we would consider that that we we uh, most readily think about, and so all of those things are worthy in God's eyes now of eternal damnation. So when we're not talking about those things, and oftentimes we are. But a lot of times we, we talk about certain things and we say, is that that important? Is that going to cause me to go to hell? Is, is that going to cause me to be lost? The, the, and to be honest with you, the, the answer is yes. Because God, his judgment is not the way our judgment is. Read for us, Melvin, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, and at verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Read that again for us, Melvin. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Read that one last time for us, Melvin. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Now, this is what God says. You know, this is exactly what every husband and wife all across the world would tell each other. (laughs) This is exactly the statement that every spouse, when it comes to certain issues, when it comes to certain topics, the man feels this way, the wife feels that way. Not all the time. I can tell you a lot of times, certain things that are done, the husband will say, man, that didn't really even matter to me that much. The wife will say, you know what, sweetheart, that really don't even matter to me. But to the other person, they said, man, this is huge. Man, we can't do that. We, or we got to have it this way. Look, if you ask, <laughs> if you ask women, uh, do they want to have a wedding? Now, you might find a lot of men around the world who don't really care all that much. Now, I know there's some men that do care. But if you have, if you question a lot of women, look, she wants a wedding. She desires this wedding. This is her opportunity. This is her opportunity to enjoy herself. But the point is, to one person, a certain thing might be important. To one person, sports might be important. To another person, hunting might be important. To one person, going to college might be important. To one person, they might love uh, cars and different vehicles. To another person, they might love different houses and and landscapes, and they might love the big city. To another person, they might love something small. Uh, They like a slower-paced lifestyle. People have different thoughts, is my point. And you know what? 
God falls right in that category. In fact, we fall into the category that God fell into. He said, my thoughts. In Isaiah chapter 55, and at verse 8, he said, I want you guys to know something for my thoughts. He said, they're not the same as yours. They are not the same as yours. Read for us, Mel. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. The way God thinks, the way God operates, the way God moves, the way God uh, uh, maneuvers, it is completely different than the way we do it. Oftentimes when we're working on something, uh, we're doing something, even if somebody uh, comes over to your house, your apartment, your trailer, whatever, wherever we reside, if somebody comes over to your place and they see the way you got things arranged, they say, man, why do you have this over here? <laughs> That's the first thing they say when they come into your place. You know, if it were me, I would have it this way. But the, the, the point is, it's not you. The way you want your room to be set up is not the way that this other person might want their room. So God, now, I want you to know this is his playing field. This is his room. This is his house. This is his domain. Heaven is his throne. And the earth is his footstool. Look, he, <laughs> I say he kicks his feet up on the earth. This is, what, this is his. This belongs to him. He designed this thing the way he says he saw fit. And so he has a way that he wants it run. He has certain laws that he wants us to follow. He has a certain order, do all things decently and in order. He has a certain order of which he wants this world. And so God feels the same way uh, the United States. Uh, law enforcement feels. If you don't want to follow these laws, we've got a place to take you. We've got a place to put you. If you feel defiant, if you feel contrary, if you feel the speed limit doesn't apply to you, if you feel the laws of the world just don't apply to you, you can do whatever you want because you're grown. If you feel this way, God says, you know what? I've got a place just for you. He doesn't want us to go there now, but he's got a place for us. So oftentimes people will talk to us and say, man, it's not even that big of a deal. Certain things that people are saying to you and saying, God said this and God said that people are telling us, they say, look, man, it don't take all that. <laughs> it's not that important. But if we look at what God himself said, he said, hold on, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Some things that you're saying it doesn't take, it does take. Some things you're saying it does take, it does not. God said, my ways are not your ways. God has this thing designed the way he wants it. He told us in one place, he said, be careful nothing. Somebody's going to tell you, oh man, it, it's nothing. You don't have to worry about so many things in the church, uh, in this world. People will tell you, don't even worry about it. You talk to people about being baptized and how they were baptized. 
look, who baptized them? They say, oh, man, it doesn't matter as long as I got baptized. As long as God knows my heart, they say it won't matter. Look, that's what you say. Those are your thoughts. That's not what the word of God declares. We must be careful. The word of God tells us, be careful for nothing. Somebody's going to tell you. That doesn't mean nothing. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't even matter. But the word of God declares, be careful. It's important. So we must be careful. Now I want to, uh, I began to think about so many different examples. Uh, and I feel that we as God's people need to see these things because sadly, uh, quite frankly, we don't know the God of the Old Testament. We know the Jesus of the New somewhat. We don't completely know him. We know a little bit. We Actually, we probably know a third of the Jesus of the New Testament. We know he was speaking about love. That We, we know that part. That's about all we know. But the God of the Old Testament, now this is Tony talking. God didn't say this now. This is me talking. I do believe, though, that I speak of the Spirit of God. But now I'm not telling you God told me this. But I feel we know even less of the God of the Old Testament. We know just a little bit more of Jesus than we know of the God of the Old Testament. And what I mean by that is we don't understand how specific God was in the Old Testament. We don't understand. Uh, how brutal uh, God was in the Old Testament. And I use that word lightly, uh, but uh, in, in one place, uh, the scripture talks about God and it declares he's the great and terrible God. Because God, uh, when you talk about punishment, uh, when you talk about being a dictator, when you talk about being an enforcer, God has shown his hand to be mighty and strong time and time again, all throughout the Old Testament uh, and throughout the entire Bible, uh, as a matter of fact. But uh, especially we can see it throughout the Old Testament. God did not take and does not take what he does not want. See, we can be talked into doing things. We can be talked into taking things. Sometimes we take some stuff. I know for a fact I've taken some things. Sometimes people uh, gave me a gift, man. Sometimes they, and we probably all have experienced this. Sometimes somebody might get you a certain food or a certain treat or something. Uh, and they're being nice. They're being generous. And, and the whole time you might be thinking, man, I sure don't eat this thing. I sure don't like this thing. But because of kindness, because of uh, how you feel about that person, you might say, yeah, you know, all right, thank you. I appreciate it. You might eat it in front of them. Uh, but, when, <laughs> but you're hoping that they walk away soon because you're thinking, man, I really don't like this specific thing that they gave me. But out of respect and out of kindness, I'm going to try to suffer through it. But God now, he's different. If he does not want it, he's not taking it. He's not going to try to be nice to us and say, well, oh, come on and offer that to me, even though I hate that thing, even though I despise that thing. 
No, God is not this way. But Cain found that out. If we go back to Cain and Abel, and I'm, I'm kind of debating in my mind which one of these or how many of these scenarios I want to go to. Uh, let's run back there real quick in the book of Genesis chapter, uh, I believe chapter four. Yeah, Genesis chapter four. Um, and, and to save a little time, I'll tell you, um, we'll find Eve, uh, Adam's wife. You know, even before we get here, uh, so many times I've said, if people feel that sin, certain sins are so small and they're minor, go back to the first sin. They ate of the tree that God told them not to eat of. If you think sin is so minor, look at everything that's taking place as a result of one time that they sinned. They only sinned one time now. It wasn't a, a, a continual sin from the very beginning. It was only one, one time. You know, if we mess up one time, we say it's pretty small. That's what we'll declare. So I only messed up once. You know, I only messed up one time out of 10, out of 15, out of 20. But they had one opportunity. They messed up that one time. They ate of the tree. And look at where we are today. Even on this past weekend, we've seen the destruction of tornadoes. But they didn't have tornadoes in the Garden of Eden. Back when Adam and Eve uh, had it all perfect, there was not one tornado. There was not one raindrop. They didn't have to worry about the clouds and all these other things. They, they didn't have to worry about, man, those look like storm clouds. Those look like rain clouds. Uh, the temperature has dropped so quickly. It might be a twin. They didn't have to worry about the hurricane. They didn't have to worry about the earthquake, the tsunami. They didn't have to worry about COVID-19, COVID-2020, COVID-2021. They didn't have to worry about any of these things until they committed one sin. And this one sin exposed them to the dangers of the world that we're now facing every single day. See, these things matter. Even though somebody wants to persuade you, and I know who it is working in them, it's the devil working in someone who's trying to persuade us, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how we do certain things. It doesn't matter how we live. It doesn't matter what we say, what we do. The word of God tells us, look, you've got to give an account for every idle word. Jesus told us in another place, there will not be one jot or tittle. He said, it won't be one, one thing that passes away from the law. He was trying to tell us a jot or a tittle. If you look those up, it's a very small amount. It means a very, very small amount. He said not one of these words, not one of these things are going to pass away. Everything that God says has to be fulfilled. Now, one small detail will be left out because we look at it as small, but God looks at it as it's, my, it's major. It's huge. But now Cain and his brother Abel. Abel was a keeper 
of the flock. Cain was a tiller of the ground. We're going to read here really quickly, Mary, in verse 3. All right. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Don't we do this? Don't we offer God certain things? I've just finished saying, look, God's not going to take anything he doesn't want, even if you offer it. Even if you say, this is my sacrifice to God. I've heard people talk about how they're going to get a Bible verse tattooed on their body. Little friends, brothers and sisters, God does not, he's not going to accept that. He told us don't get any markings upon our flesh. He's not accept. You can write Jesus Christ. You can write Jesus, the Son of God, the Messiah. Uh, he, you can write whatever words you want. He's not going to accept it. I know somebody's telling you, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But to God it is. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. He wants us to follow what he says. So now, Cain and his brother Abel, Cain offers an offering to God. Read for us, man. And, and Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And his brother also offers an offering to God. We all stand in this condition today. We must offer things unto God. We owe him our lives. It is our reasonable service to dedicate our life to him. So now they bring something and offer it to God. Read for us, man. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Mm -hmm. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. Mm -hmm. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? Mm -hmm. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, Sin lieth at the door. He said, the scripture here tells us that God respected what Abel brought, but what Cain offered him, God didn't want it at all. And he was not going to take it. I know people tell you, it doesn't matter what we do. So many things people claim don't matter. But we don't go to find out if it matters to God. So Cain's offering was not accepted. And you know what? He got, up, he got upset. Isn't this what we do? Because we're not accepted because of our wrongdoing, we get mad at someone else. Because of our wrongs. But God said, look, if you had did well, you would be accepted. If not, look, you're in sin. And the wages of sin is death. That's what the book says. So 
because he's offering things that God won't accept, there's death to pace. I want to run over to the book of, um, actually want to show this uh, because uh, even while I'm thinking about offering different sacrifices, uh, run over Melvin uh, to the book of Leviticus chapter 10. And let's start around verse 1. Man. Leviticus 10, verse 1. Yes. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein mm-hmm. and, and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord. Hmm? Offered. We're talking about an offering. We're talking about doing something for God. These were priests. And they began to offer something. Look at what God called it. He said, oh, that's strange. See, when we look at something and we find it peculiar, out of the ordinary, weird, we say, oh, that's strange. We see somebody, they're dressed uh, in a way that's different then what we're used to might be somebody from a different culture. You know what people say? Oh, that's strange. You hear somebody that has a different accent. We say, oh, they've got a strange way of talking. But it's normal to them from where they may have come from. But to us, we say it's strange. And so God now, he's got his own culture. He's got his own way of speaking. He's got his own way of living in society. And now they offer something. And the word of God said it was strange. It was not what God wanted. So they offered strange fire. Read for us, man. Which he commanded them not. Hmm. God didn't command them to do that. There's people are walking around today doing things God did not command us to do. And we're in sin all because somebody told us it really don't even matter that much. See, it, it, this isn't hurting anybody. That's what people say oftentimes. At least I'm not killing someone. At least I didn't murder someone. That's the only thing we think really matters. One of the only things. But to God, so much more matters. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. He's thinking on a different plane than us. And so these people here, these two sons, offered something to God. He didn't tell them to offer that. See, we can't pick and choose our favorite things, something we like and say, you know what, I'm going to offer this to God because we like doing certain things. We say, I'm going to do this for the name of the Lord. I told you guys sometime back, I've seen a person, uh, and not just them, I've seen many people, but I was looking up things and uh, somehow I so happened to come across uh, this person married to about, uh, what was it, six, seven, eight different women. And you know what? They said they were doing that for God. You can't offer things to God that he didn't ask you for. I've, seen, I've also seen uh, KKK members saying that they're killing people for God. You cannot offer things to God 
he didn't ask for. I mentioned earlier about somebody wants to get a tattoo, somebody wants to get a piercing, somebody wants to do a lot of stuff that God didn't want them to do. He didn't command us to do these things. But what he is commanding us to do, we say, oh, it's not that important. It's not that big of a deal. You know, the word of God tells us it's a shame. Now, this is book now. It's a shame for a man to have long hair. That's what the book says. The book of Corinthians, that's what he declares. It's a shame. But you know what somebody would tell you, man? They say it's not that big of a deal. Let the boy grow his hair out. Let him get some dread. That's what the ancestors did. We trying to, we're trying to get back to our roots. But you better be trying to get back to God. Because to God, that matters. But God told us, man should not wear that which pertaineth to a woman. You got women wearing men's clothes. He told us women shouldn't wear that which pertained to a man. You got vice versa going on. But somebody's going to tell you it's not that big of a deal. They're not hurting anybody. But to Tony now, it doesn't matter. But to God, it matters. So inherently, it does matter to me. Because he shifted my mind. But now, do whatever you desire. Man can walk around with a dress all day if he wants. But just know, to God, it matters. There's a certain way he wants us to carry ourselves. He talked about men being feminine. He talked about so much, and to us, we were saved. Look, that doesn't matter. He told us to be baptized. Somebody said it doesn't matter. He told us to receive the Holy Ghost. Somebody said it doesn't matter. He told us to study his word. He told us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Somebody said it don't matter. You don't even have to go to church. That's not what God said. Somebody will tell you it doesn't matter where you even attend church at. That's not what God said. He told them, look, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. There's certain people out there. He said, look, don't go there. Watch out for them. Somebody will tell you it doesn't even matter. We must be careful for nothing because our souls are at stake. So these men here, these two men, they offered up sacrifices. Unto God that he didn't command them. Read for us, man, what happened. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, mm-hmm. and, the, and they died before the Lord. My God, Lord, help us. All because they offered something you didn't want, God. Why would you do that? How on earth the audacity of our Lord God to do this? Look, he can do whatever, my Lord Jesus, he can do whatever he wants to do. And there's nothing any of us can say about it. You know, the Bible tells us that before Jacob and Esau were even born, while they were yet children in their mother's womb, God said, Jacob, I love, and Esau, I hate that fellow. This is book. In the book of Romans, Jacob, I love, and Esau, I hate. He said, is there any unrighteousness in God? Look, the Bible said, look, the children had did no good or evil. They hadn't even been born yet. Hadn't even had any thoughts yet. 
hadn't said a word yet. But God had already declared he hated Esau because God knew what he would grow up to do. There's no unrighteousness in God. Look, he can do whatever he wants to do. And so now, because these people offered something to God he did not want, he didn't tell them to do this. He didn't tell them to do this. God sent fire and consumed them, destroyed them. Look, nobody else did this. Now, God sent this from heaven and destroyed them. My mind fell on Lot's wife after God told them all. He told them, look, do not. After you escape this place, don't look back. And you know what? Lot's wife still looked back. And instantly she turned into a pillar of salt. She turned into ash right there. God consumed her. When this is the type of God that we're dealing with, somebody will tell you there's nothing wrong. Look, I, <laughs> I hear men talking today. Uh, I, I can hear the words of uh, people say some mannish men. I can hear their words now. They say, oh, he told us uh, you can touch. Excuse me, you can't touch, but he didn't say you couldn't look. See, you, you better be careful what you continue to put your eyes on and say, oh, it don't matter what I watch, what I listen to. It doesn't matter. You'll find yourself getting in a world of trouble. Getting in a world of trouble. Because the wages of sin is death. So this is the God that we're dealing with all throughout the Old Testament. If people did something he told us not to do, there's a price to pay. We're, we're people are dying because of this. This is why I'm talking about this. This is why we have these Bible studies every week. This is the reason Melvin's about to have a baby. Uh, tomorrow, if the Lord says the same, and if not tomorrow, the next day, whatever the case may be, it's coming real soon. And yet we're, we're sitting here tonight doing this. Because people's lives are at stake and somebody's telling you, look, it doesn't even matter. You better wake up and recognize what type of God you're dealing with. We, we're dealing with a, a serious God. He sent fire from heaven. Because he didn't tell them to do this and kill them. We're dealing with a God who in the days of Noah told him exactly how to build this ark, told him what type of wood to use, told him the dimensions. We're dealing with a specific God. Look, if anybody knows about building, uh, if anybody knows about building uh, any type of building, a house, a store, whatever, uh, you have to have approval uh, from the city. Uh, there's certain mandates. There's certain uh, dimensions that they require. There's certain, uh, if it's, uh, they might require a certain sprinkle, sprinkler system. It's certain things that are required. And if you don't have this building up to code, you can cancel it. You've got to have these things up to code. God had Noah build the ark. And you know what? 
if he didn't build it up to the code that God said, using the certain types of wood, using the certain measurements. Look, if he didn't do it the way God said, if God said, put this, uh, put the room that you're going to sleep in over here to the left and put the other room that your kids are going to sleep in to the right. If he has switched the order, whatever the case may be, if he said, God, well, you know, I was thinking. <laughs> I would like to have a view from the east side, you know, because that side just fits me better. It suits me. Look, <laughs> the day it rained, he could have went in the yard. Him and his family had been nice and cozy, but they would have died just the same as the other people. See, if we don't do as God commands us, there's a price to pay. And you know what? Out of all the people in the world, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people were living in that day. I don't know how many millions of people. I don't know how many billions of people were living back in Noah's day. But I know there was well more than eight. But only eight people survived. We're talking children. We're talking middle-aged people. We're talking, we're talking babies. We're talking um, um, older people. We're talking all different age groups. We're dealing with a serious God. Only eight people. Think about that. Suppose today God allows something to happen. We got tornadoes last week. Supposed to be getting more this weekend, unless God says otherwise. Suppose God allowed tornadoes to attack and destroy the entire world and only eight people survive. See, this is the type of God we're dealing with. I'm not telling you that's going to happen. I don't believe that will happen. Because he said he wouldn't destroy the world like that again. So that will not happen. But I'm trying to show you how serious God is. And so we, we must wake up. In thinking, none of it matters. I want to go and get one last thing, man. Uh, run over to the book, to the book of First Chronicles, chapter 13. Somebody may know this, but somebody doesn't. And somebody knows it and they forgot First Chronicles chapter 13, and uh, let's look at verse 9 here. And when they came unto the threshing, the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. Now, the ark of the covenant was something God told the people never to touch. Never. Not with your bare hands. There was only certain people who were even allowed to move the covenant of the ark. Only certain people were allowed to do it. But now, they're carrying this thing out. And I can't get into the whole backstory, but they're carrying this thing uh, this box, if you will, I'll just I'll just simplify so we can understand. It's a box that represents the presence of God. We can't handle God any kind of way. There's a certain delicacy that we must have when we talk about dealing with God. 
See, I try to be careful what I say because I know who I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with a serious God. If I lose my mind and think I can talk reckless toward him, look, it'll be the last time you see or hear from me. They'll be saying, man, what happened to Tony? <laughs> yeah, God had to get him. <laughs> so I try to be careful how I handle God. And so this man, Uzzah, uh, God had told them, look, whatever you do, don't touch this thing. To someone, this would seem so small, especially if the, the animal that they had on the ox, especially if the ox is walking and he, you know, when an animal moves, there's a lot of rumbling. There's a lot of uh, uh, tumbling and moving from side to side. Um, and this animal walking caused, no doubt, uh, even where they were walking, it might have been some uh, unlevel ground. And all of a sudden, the man sees the ark about to fall. And this man, out of human nature, see, sometimes people say, oh, it's human nature to do this. It's human nature to do that. Yeah, well, we better change our nature. When it comes to God, we better forget human nature. Sometimes people say, boys will be boys. Yeah, we... <laughs> We better grow up and be a man in the presence of God. We must change when it comes to him because it matters. Even though somebody told us it didn't matter. So read for us here, man. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. Mm -hmm. And he smote him because he put his hand on the, to the ark. And, before, and there he died before God. We're looking at a God who takes what he says 100% serious. He means what he says. And he says what he means. I've heard people say that before. We, they were talking about God and didn't even realize. It's important what we do. It is so important what we say. It's important how we live our lives. It's important what we make habits of doing. Because we're serving a God who means business. So God bless you guys. And you don't remember anything else. Remember, it matters. It all matters. It all matters because God declares so. And if you don't think so, just go back and study. Look, I dare you. I double dare you. I triple dare you. Go back and study the God of the Old Testament and see just how serious and severe he is. If you want to talk about a dictator, see, people are going, uh, running over upset with Putin or whoever else, uh, uh, Kim Jong-un, I don't even know. I think he's still over China. People are upset with people like that because uh, we might feel they're dictator. But go and study God. Go and study the Old Testament God. What he said goes. There's no democracy. There's no, well, God, I think we ought to change this law. I know you said we can't lie, but God, I think we ought to, <laughs> we ought to amend. <laughs> we ought to add some amendments in there and change the law. Because I feel that a lie should be allowed in certain scenarios. We ought to be allowed to do some wrong every now and then, God. Look, there's, there will be no amendments. 
You can forget the First Amendment and the Fourth Amendment and the Fifth Amendment, but there will be no amendments with God. What he said goes. So let us remember this. Let us give God what he's asking for. He's a God that loves us. But as any loving parent, uh, that's what we're uh, hoping and praying, Melvin and, and, and his wife are going to do with their young child. But there has to be discipline. Uh, and so God disciplines his children and he teaches us respect for the law, respect for authority. So God bless you guys. At this time, I'll turn it back over into the hands of men. Thank you. Um, good message, as always. Um, and at the beginning of the live stream, when we first started, there was a verse that immediately came to my head. And Tony, you ended up mentioning it, but um, it was be careful for nothing. And for the longest, I didn't understand what that verse meant because from the looks of it, it just looks like it says, don't be careful, don't be careful for anything. But what we really need to be careful for is nothing. The things that we call nothing, oh, that's nothing. Um, Tony, you also mentioned about mentioned about um a man looking at a woman. Um, a lot of people have the mentality of, well, as long as I look. As long as I don't touch, then I'm fine. But I mean, it is book that says if a man even looks at a woman with lustful intentions, he's already committed adultery in his heart. And that is the nature of a man. So what we have to do is be reprogrammed to not do that. We have to love God enough to not want to do that. And so we could even look at uh, what we just read. Now, we, we may think it's natural instinct we see something falling. Oh, even before we think we need to touch and get it. Now, a lot of people will look at that and not think that it's a big deal, but everything's a big deal with God, with what he said. There's nothing small. We have to look at everything. And um, there's one place that said, we will have to be given an account. We will have to give an account for every outer word that we say. That includes the small white lie. I'm reminded of um, someone saying, well, I'm seeing this post on Facebook about um, this kid just turning 13. And then at certain restaurants, you know, kids 12 and under, they may get a big discount or they may eat free. And the parents will say, tell them you're 12. <laughs> now, even if they just turned 12, that's still a lie. And we may look at that and say that it's a small lie but not in the eyesight of God, because that's why we do these things, these Bible studies, to try to change our thinking. You know, the world has programmed us a certain way, but greater is he that is in us. We have to get him in us first. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The world has programmed us a certain way, and God has to reprogram us, change our thoughts, change our ways, turn from our wicked ways, turn from our sin. Because as Tony mentioned earlier, and as the Bible mentions as well, unless we have those forgiven, there's no way that we can make it in. And I don't think an eternity of suffering and pain is worth it just for my 13-year-old kid to eat free one time. 
I don't think it's worth it. So that's all I have to add. Um, as my weekly reminder to you guys, we have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's a good topic each and every single week. We would love to see you guys there. And as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Counted all joy, counted all joy. And again, counted all joy. There is reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. If the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll have a Another Bible study ready to go for you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the Word of God. So until then, you guys have a happy, safe, and blessed weekend. And once again, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, check out our website at jmsbible.com. There, you can listen to all of our in-person, Zoom, and live stream messages along with every scripture we've ever covered. Lastly, we have been getting a lot of questions about how people can donate. We have finally opened up a cash app if you find it in your heart to leave a donation because running these Bible studies takes money, which Tony and I have been paying since we first started. That name is dollar sign Joystorm12. We appreciate each and every single donation, no matter how small. And remember to rejoice in the Lord always. Mm-hmm.